VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. I always say it's an honor and pleasure to be with you each week on Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I, and that's why I'm here. My program, Positive Living, brings you practical solutions and positive strategies to help you live the kind of life that you want to live. And today's no exception. We're going to talk about blended families today and blended family conflict and how to resolve it. My guest is Emily Bouchard. She's the author of the ebook Conquering Conflict, Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. You can also log on to blended-families.com. And she, her, her company is www.blended-families.com, which serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step-families. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Why did you decide to create this whole network, this whole organization? Obviously, this was your brainchild. Oh, it started out uh, through my personal background and Uh also my professional training. I'm a step-parent. I have two uh, young women in my life that they were teenagers when I became their stepmother. And uh, I have a background in child development with an emphasis on adolescence. I have a master's degree in social work with an emphasis on marital and family therapy. And becoming a stepmother, I found out really early on what worked in the trenches in the house and what didn't. And my goal was to give practical strategies to other step-parents in similar situations. And then I found out that there are a lot of varied households where people are raising children that they didn't necessarily give birth to. And the term blended seemed to capture that much more so than just step. So we, we made it much more broader than that. And I just started by writing a, a weekly newsletter and offering it for free and then developed the website and started writing, capturing questions from people that had were living their real-life uh, mm. challenges and then responding, capturing the responses, and then what making that available. What were you finding when you got these responses? What would you say you were finding? I mean, what were the, what were, were there some basic issues across the board, Emily, that people were writing to you about? Yes. That's what's so amazing, Patricia. Is, you know, people have very unique family circumstances, and I would never think to generalize. And what happens is the questions I get are very specific to families, but they fall into some pretty broad categories that I can I can definitely support them in. One is parenting differences. We have different parenting styles, and in any family situation, that can be challenging, but when you have children that have already been brought up in homes with those parenting styles, and then you come together, it can be really challenging, and how to communicate around that and how to come across as unified and supporting each other as parents in the face of that. And so that's one thing I help couples with. And then the other category I'd say is the other big one is how to handle frustration, irritation, and also undermining by former spouses, mm-hmm. other exes, mm-hmm. and their styles being radically different than what you have happening in your household and how to manage that. And then the other one is how to help the children with transitions because they're going from one household to the other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you do when a child comes home and they're angry and sarcastic and that's not how they are usually mm-hmm. in the house and instead of going into react, reaction right away and, um, you know, getting frustrated with the child, how to support the child and how to transition back home and giving them tools on how to get landed, grounded, and quickly reassimilated into the home that they are in at that moment and helping them with that. So those are three big ones. And then mm. other ones um, come down to, you know, how do you even communicate about the, you know, what is our family lifestyle? You know, some stepmothers wonder what can I be called besides step-parent because I don't like that term. Um, you know, really specifics that I help people with, too. So I think those are the main ones. Yeah. So my question is, 
the one that struck me the most, and 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 from everything you said, was the thing about children either being sarcastic or feeling like they have support from a different parent that supports them, so that they can be sarcastic to the other step parents. Oh, it's so it's so frustrating for parents, and it's it can be very undermining for the relationship with the, between the parent and the child, and also really undermines the child's ability to trust the most important adults in their lives. It's very challenging. And what happens is they, they have one parent that perhaps the parent's more lenient, um, doesn't have them as often, is much more uh, fun to be with, and then they have the other parent that they're with maybe during the school week, and that's the parent that, you know, has them uh, make their bed every day and do their homework and, you know, keeps them to a routine and a schedule. And even though it's what the child needs, they tend to fight against that because they have another parent that doesn't do that, and it, it can be really demoralizing for the parent that's trying to keep the standards up so this mm-hmm. child hun- is a highly functioning child. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the suggestions that you give parents around these tough issues that, that, really, that you think really work? I think the, there's three main ones that I do that make the biggest difference right away, and anybody can do them. And it's a mixture of, and I know you're going to understand these because of the work you do, it's a mixture of gratitude, compassion or empathy, and then clear communication and clear structure or consequences, you know, boundaries, however you want to call it. So the first one in terms of gratitude is being so grateful that you have the situation where you're able to provide the home for your child that you do, that your child has the safety and the surroundings and loving people in their life that there are, they could possibly thrive in this world, that you really tap into what are the things that we're grateful for, that we have, that we can be really appreciative of, mm-hmm. and bring that forward from the child. So when the child's grumpy and complaining, you know, just shifting the energy by, by coming to your, forward yourself and say, oh, I'm so grateful you even have the ability to speak your complaints. It's so, such a blessing for us that we have the ability to talk and communicate and to work through stuff together. And just in and of itself, that will shift the whole experience that the child has with the parent because the Mm -hmm. parent's connecting with them. Mm -hmm. And then with the empathy and compassion mixed in, it's coming from a place of, yeah, you know, it is really hard and challenging going from household to household. I can't imagine what it's like for you Mm -hmm. to be so little and having stuff in one house and stuff in another and how they talk in that house is different than how we talk here. And sometimes it can be hard to remember where you are. But what you're saying is it's very important to talk to the child directly. Definitely. And to let that child know how you feel and that you understand where they're coming from and that you're you're on their side in a sense. Yeah, you're not making them wrong for it. Right. You're not taking right. it personally. And you're there for them and you can help them navigate it. And the way I help parents understand it is they have to bring up their children in a world that's you know, dramatically changing all the time, that they're going to have to be very aware and capable of how to move with change because it's happening so rapidly. And so by giving them the tools and communicating with them effectively around how do I manage, how do I deal with what I'm contending with as opposed to feeling a victim of it or frustrated by it, or it gives them a leg up on everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that that I think would be challenging, and and you may want to address this, is how do you present to the child a united front with the the married parents, the blended parents, when the other parent is really on the opposing side? How do you present that so that the child feels some kind of unity? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. I, I'm, I've seen it over and over again, and it, there's two parts to it. One is, no matter how frustrated you are, no matter how much you know that what the child just told you is a complete and total lie from the other parent that they've just come back from, or that you're getting grabbed by your own emotions around how that other parent treats the child or treats you when they're thinking, to stop and take a breath and never say anything negative about that other parent in front of the child. That child's going to have to deal with a relationship with that other parent. So I really recommend strongly taking a breath, taking even a time out and saying, wow, this is so hard to hear. I can't even imagine what it's like for you. It must be really confusing. 
thinking about and then the one phrase that can be very helpful to disengage from it is to just say something simple like oh that's not my experience I'm sure that's their experience it's not my experience and not going into defensive mode not going into attack mode and going behind closed doors perhaps with your new spouse perhaps with a good friend getting on the phone getting to your own counselor and talking specifically about what your frustration is about your former spouse or partner and how to manage that within yourself. And then the other, in terms of being a united front as parents together in your household, is that what you asked? And like if you yes. as a step parent? If you see let's say your your new spouse parents your child very differently than they parent yours than they parent theirs. Stop and take a breath and just notice it, but not in a negative way or making them wrong way, but, huh, that's really interesting. What do you see there? And kind of connecting in with them first. What, what do you see as the difference there? Mm-hmm. And de- demonstrating to the children how to have an adult, mature conversation around exploring differences right. as opposed to going into reaction, which is probably one of the hardest things to do when you're a mama bear with your your cubs there there are you know you These feel like you need challenging to challenging issues and we're going to talk more after the break with my guest Emily Bouchard author of the ebook Conquering Conflict Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict you can log on to blended-families.com and this serves over 5000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationship in blended and step families you can give us a call live today if you'd like at 866-472-5787. You're listening to Positive Living on Monday at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Stay tuned, folks. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living and I'm Patricia Raskin. 
You know, I always say that I'm so happy to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now. That's why I'm here. Positive Living brings you practical solutions and positive strategies to help you really have the kind of life that you want. Today's no exception. You can call us at 866-472-5787. My guest is Emily Bouchard. She's the author of the ebook Conquering Conflict, Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. And you can log on to blended-families.com which serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step families. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you. You know, one of the things you were talking about before the break is that it's tough. I mean, there's lots of issues in terms of difficult people and mixed messages and people trying to break alliances with other folks. I mean, it's, it's, it can, this can be highly charged. And you've dealt with this for so long, and you have listened to and gotten stories and letters from hundreds of subscribers, if not thousands. Mm -hmm. So the question is, Emily, what's working? And give us some examples so we can have hope. Oh, yes, definitely. And that's definitely the focus that I have when I coach families as well. Uh, There's so many stories. Let me think. There's one that really stands out for me in terms of a family with... uh, Two children on either side, new step-parents, and they got together and they decided they were going to start things off on the right foot. And so what they did was they created something called a sharing circle. And they carved out time every week. And it was as important as the activities that the kids were being run to and work. And the family was a priority, and that was really important to them. And they made it Sunday evening, and they would do it right after dinner and what they did was they just they got in a circle together, and what I love is that they had a uh, family um, uh, hand cranked ice cream maker, and they would pass it around, and so everybody had something to do while they were also connecting with each other, and whoever was cranking was also the one speaking, and they would share um, a high point of being in the family, something that they really enjoyed about the family, and then they would share a frustration, a low point, something that they would love to see change, and why. And then they would offer some sort of thought or idea or solution to improve the family. And they would all go around. And the whole focus that, you know, I worked with them right from the beginning was on listening. And when the person was speaking, all the other people in the family did was just listen to them. There was no talking over them. There was no talking back and forth or shooting down their ideas. It was just listening and nodding and being acknowledging the person. And after they went around, more was accomplished just by being together and listening than any other strategy they could have come up with for how to make things better. And what would happen oftentimes is as a result of that sharing time and time together, they got to know each other better, they got to know what was important to each other, and a lot of the the things that felt like problems ended up just going away. And they also came up with some great creative solutions for the things that didn't go away. So that's one that I often recommend to step families is to make the family a priority. And it can make all the difference. And it's not necessarily tons and tons of time together, but it's quality time together. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Yes. Uh, can you give an example of a family where the ex of the other person is difficult and they work that through? Could you give a specific example there that you can remember? Yes, I can, and it's one that's really close to home for me because um, it's a strategy that I use very successfully in my life, and I taught it to my stepdaughter who has a child with a a young man that they they ended up splitting up, and she's now with another man. And uh, her child's father caused her a lot of frustration and pain and and just hurt and upset all the time. It was constantly under her skin, Mm. hooking her and lots of disappointments. And one of the things that we showed her was a strategy that um, I highly recommend to anybody, which is from a woman named Byron Katie. Yeah, and, yes, I know her work, and I've interviewed someone who does her work. Oh, fantastic. Very, very powerful. Well, I can tell you how it was applied very specifically in this situation. And her whole focus, and the, what I recommend to people, is accepting reality. Now, she talked about loving reality. Sometimes it's really hard to love what an ex 
Stiles is doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I talk about accepting reality. And here's the trick. It's not approving of it. It's not condoning it. It's not saying, I like this. It's saying, I accept this reality because then it gives you other places to move. So uh, Robin was really struggling with her daughter's father and how he... Uh, kept undermining her. Like she would have an idea of getting a fish, and next thing she'd know, there would be a, a fish tank at her at her dad's house, and just little things that would get under her skin. And what we did was we worked on how to accept the reality that this young man is never going to be any different than who he is and how he operates, and how she might be able to work differently with him. And he was very manipulative and would try to uh, make her feel guilty, make her feel wrong. And she started to use these principles of meeting him where he was, getting the reality of that's who he is, and not taking it on. And suddenly she was in this place of being able to say, oh, wow, I could see where that would be a real bummer for you, and not getting in his business about what was going on in his life and what he wanted her to do differently. And the big thing was she let go of him needing to do anything differently. And it's mm-hmm. it sounds a bit esoteric. I'm trying to think of an example very specifically where he he wanted to uh, change uh, how they were going to do the, the dropping off agreement that they had. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for her and the schedule and the, the schooling of their daughter. And he was really getting very pushy about it. And he started to say, well, then maybe she should come up here more often and maybe she should go to school up here. And it wasn't... He was just trying to do whatever he could to get his way. And she mm. she just stayed very clear. And any time she got frustrated with him, she'd write down what it was that she thought he needed to do differently, and mm-hmm. then she would turn it around for herself and notice what she needed to do differently in relationship to him. And everything changed when she did that. Mm. And instead So of, she changed the way she acted. Yes. She changed and the way didn't she didn't expect the worst. Yes. It was it was remarkable. She would she'd go to this place of expecting him to show up exactly like how she knew he would, instead of wishing and hoping that he would be different. And then when he showed up exactly like how he would, she was prepared. She was ready. She had all kinds of wonderful responses and options. And the main thing was he no longer got under her skin mm. because he could feel and sense that it wasn't pushing her buttons anymore. Right. He wasn't getting the results that he wanted. Why is it, Emily, that people don't really believe that works? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying because you know what I found out by working with so many people is getting to the core of the matter is, Patricia, more than anything else, people want what they think they want, which is for that other person to show up differently or to apologize or to mm-hmm. finally take responsibility and as long as uh, an ex-wife lives in this place of being a victim of her ex-husband mm-hmm. and how he won't right. change and give her what she wants, she's still, in a way, wedded to him. She's mm-hmm. still engaged in, you're the reason I'm unhappy and you have to change in order for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. And getting yourself back is really about cutting that cord and saying, whatever it is that I need them to do, I need to do for myself. I need to forgive myself for choosing to be married to that person, for creating the situation that I'm in now. I need to forgive myself for, you know, all the heartache I caused myself, mm-hmm. wanting them to be different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I need to start changing how I operate with them. I need to take responsibility for my own life. And that's what I mean by the turnaround. Whatever it is that you think that they need to do for you, get it for yourself. And then yeah. it's just amazing. Your whole world opens up. All your possibilities change. Your options change. And the big thing is you're not a victim of this person that you thought that all I need to do is divorce them and I'd be fine because mm-hmm. you're going to continue to be a victim as long so as you feel the like the biggest thing you can do when you're dealing with someone that seems like the monster, and those are the stories that I've heard and I'm sure you have, and sometimes you talk to folks and no matter what you say, they just want to keep making this person the monster. Yeah. And what you're saying is until you change that and you change that, that view of that other person, then you can change the way you behave. Yeah. And that's what changes it because the energy is changing. Yeah. and, and Almost like it takes two to tango. And one thing I want to say very clearly here is I don't have an agenda. 
if somebody comes to me and they need to be a victim of that monster still, I will meet them right there, and I'll just let them know, look, you know, I'm not going to continue taking your money, mm-hmm. and I understand where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm about supporting people who are really looking for change and for that that greater connection to what it is that, that makes them thrive in the world, that makes it so that they can be more present for their children and for their new relationship. Mm-hmm. And if this is something that's in your way and you're ready to clear it out, Let's work on it. But if somebody is attached to no, this is this person really is mm-hmm. wrong and making, then it's like I don't I don't try to impose on them what I think they should do. I just really I get them on where they are and, and you know wish them well. I think one of the things in terms of step families that I want to address very specifically in this realm is sometimes they are dealing with a monster, a very real monster. Somebody who's manipulating their children against them, and it's, it's called um, parental alienation syndrome. Mm. Uh, Richard Warshak wrote an amazing book called Divorce Poison that explains it. And again, it really comes down to what we're talking about, Patricia, which is really getting clear on what the reality is of that situation and then looking at your possibilities and options around it. What often happens is the parent that's the recipient of this behavior will go into victim mode and will go into uh, hopelessness and mm-hmm. will end up losing their relationship with their children. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the saddest thing that I encounter mm-hmm. because those children need their relationship with their parents. And they need to know that they can trust an adult in their life. And if they have one that's telling them a lot of lies, the other parent doesn't need to show up as defensive or argumentative or telling them that they're lies, but more, hey, I hear that that's one perspective, Let's look at another perspective and let's look at the fact that no matter what that person says or does, I am your parent. And what do we want to do about our relationship in in response to that? And that book, Divorce Poison, gives parents a lot of uh, great strategies to use around that. And I don't want to downplay that at all. It's a very real circumstance that happens. And I just, my heart breaks for the children because they end up being so torn and they end up losing their parents as a result. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Emily Bouchard. She's the author of the ebook Conquering Conflict Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. Her website is blended-families.com, which serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step families. And you can log on again to her website, blended-families.com. You can call us after the break at 866-472-5787. I'm sorry, 5788-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. 
Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us at 866-472-5787. We are talking today about resolving blended family conflict. We have so many blended families today, and it's, it can be a challenge if people are not working together as a team. My guest is Emily Bouchard, author of the ebook Reconquering Conflict, Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. Her website, blended-families.com, serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step families. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you. How do we help our children give them the tools so when they're on their own and mommy and stepdaddy or daddy and stepmommy are not standing there, <laughs> how, do they, how do they learn how to handle some things on their own? Oh, great question. And it's one of the things that I really uh, strive to bring to parents' attention which is oftentimes there's so much guilt involved in the fact that they have divorced and the children are going to the separate homes that they end up uh, doing a disservice to the children by not having them show up as competent, capable people in the household and in their lives. And one of the things that I strive to work with families on is building up competence in the children so they build their confidence in how to move in the world and they know that they are capable, competent people who can really make a difference and really matter. Because these children, more than anything, need to know that their presence in the household matters because they're going from one household to another most of the time. And the way you can do that is simply to engage them in household, just normal, everyday experiences that if it doesn't get done, everybody suffers. So they feel like they what they do, what their contribution does, matters. And you can start when they're very young. Um, one of the things that I love to do with my granddaughter from the time she was about four is we engaged her with washing dishes. And she loves washing dishes, and she loves being involved in the kitchen and helping set the table. And now she's going to be seven, and she is an integral part of the household. Nobody eats until she's set the table. And she knows that that's really an important part. And then after dinner she knows that you know they don't get to go do the next thing until the dishes are cleared and they get washed, and she's a part of that. And the more you can just make it an understood given that that's part of the experience and that their contribution matters, they will show up tenfold. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that can be very helpful because we are so busy and we're all running in all these different directions is to take some time to engage with the child or the children and do it with them. So it's would say, okay, it's time to, everybody's going to become a white tornado and we're going to tackle the living room. And everybody goes in there, and you, and you set the timer, and you say, okay, let's see how long it takes us or how quickly we can do it, and make this place look like nobody's ever lived here before. And you, you make it a fun game, you make it a strategy, but where everybody's involved, everybody's included, and then they can feel very proud of the result. And then you say, hey, because that took such a little bit of time, we still have time left over, let's play a game. Or let's go out and shoot some, some baskets. Or, and you make it so that there's a... a if there's a reward, it's connected to time with you and time as a family. And those two things will make a big difference. You can do it with laundry. Children of any age can help get laundry done. Vacuuming, dusting, even um, if you have copper pots, polishing the bottoms of your pots. I mean, kids love it. If you engage them and let them know that what they do matters, they love getting involved. It doesn't work if you say, okay, you do this, and then you take off and you go do something else, mm-hmm. and then you come back and you say, how come, how come you haven't gotten that done? So what you're doing is you're, you're, when you say building up confidence, you're giving them skills, you're praising them for their skills, you're teaching them how to take care of themselves. Yes. 
and so they can feel proud about their lifestyle, who they are, and how they show up in the world, and that they make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. What has been your greatest challenge as a parent of children in a blended family? Oh, great question. Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if it's the greatest one, but I'll tell you one that was a pivotal uh, change for me. I I was new stepmom, and I had two teenagers who were very angry that I was in the household. And they were angry that their parents had gotten divorced, and they didn't really have a way of expressing that well, as you can imagine, with teenagers. We had one that was very uh, rolling the eyes and uh, not very communicative, and the other one that was much more explosive. So I got both sides of it. And one of the challenges that was ongoing in the household were shoes left in the entryway. So when you walked in the door, you would trip over their shoes. It was just a constant and the reason that I laugh about it is it seems so inconsequential, you know, with shoes, but it would just get under my skin. And I know any step-parent listening to this immediately can think of something that gets under their skin that their stepkids do. It just happens. And I really got frustrated about it. We had family meetings about it. I got some new furniture that was a great way to put the shoes away, and it looked really nice, and we all agreed we were going to use it, and everybody was on board, and then, you know, within a week the shoes were out again. And uh, this was right at the time when I learned about Byron Katie's work, and I started to look at how to begin to accept what was instead of fighting against it so strongly mm-hmm. and needing them to change. Mm-hmm. And I shifted my way of thinking about the shoes. And I started to look at the shoes when I come in and immediately think, oh, the girls are home. And isn't this wonderful that they want me to know that they're home? And they are making sure that I'm aware that they're home, and they, they're actually trying to engage with me with these shoes. And I just, I completely changed my thought process around the shoes. The shoes were exactly the same. They were neutral. They were just there. But it was my attitude and my thinking about the shoes. Mm-hmm. So I would look at the shoes as an invitation to engage with them in a positive way. And I would go up, and I would connect, and I'd say, you know, how was your day? And I would just, I would do something to connect with them, and then I wouldn't even say anything about the shoes. And then most extraordinary thing happened where within a very short period of time the shoes started getting put away and it wasn't at all about me nagging them or telling them it had to be different or being upset about them it had everything to do with engaging with the girls and being grateful that they were in my life and that they wanted me to be in their life because that's how I looked at it because they knew how much those shoes would aggravate me so I let them be an invitation to engage instead of getting aggravated and they went away and that was the first among many examples. When the next thing that would get under my skin, I would just, just apply the same principle. How can I engage differently with them? How you know, what, what I think is real important in everything you're saying is that when you think about this issue of blended families, you know, when you first think about it, you think red flags and challenges. And what you're doing is through this interview and through your work, you're really giving us so much hope and practicality that if you take the time and if you have the desire to make a change, that you can make this work. Yes, and it really, that is right on the head. And it, the thing that's so exciting to me is by making just an, a simple adjustment in your own personal attitude, you can change your whole experience in your family. And um, it has everything to do with my approach if I'm positive about it, if I'm grateful, if I'm aware of all the kind of undercurrents of, wow, you know, it's amazing that they're even talking to me when they hate the fact that I even am in their house. You know, if I, if I can continually go to those positives, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the whole point. Tell us a little bit about your website and how the kinds of resources that subscribers get when they log on. Oh, okay. Uh, you can get a free newsletter that uh, comes into your email, so there's no um, paper. And it's typically very short. You can read it like on a 15-minute coffee break, or you, you can print it out, and it's only about a page or so if you want. They're, they're short. They're practical. There's usually some sort of story uh, related to being in a step family and then an action step at the bottom that you can start to use right away. So it's all very practical and geared toward taking action to make the changes that you want to have happen and how to apply the different tools that we have to offer. We have uh, the ebook that you've been sharing about, and the Conquering Conflict ebook is 
when we say ebook, it's not a uh, physical book that you put on a bookshelf. It's an electronic book that, well, as soon as you purchase it, it's there on your computer. You can read it online. You can uh, print it out and have it that way. And it, we we designed it to be a workbook. So again, it's very action oriented, and it's looking at. Uh, what's your own personal relationship to conflict, how you handle it, and then giving you strategies for new ways of approaching it. And people found it so helpful. I get the greatest responses to it. it uh, one gentleman read it, and he, he called me, and he said, I just need to know how long have you been spying on my family? <laughs> and it was great because it let me know that, oh, good, what I'm talking about rings very true for people. And they find it really practical and valuable, and it's not a lot of... Uh, uh, there's a lot of books out there that give different theory or lots of background information. This is like hands-on. Look, I know, I understand what it's like to be in your household. These are some things you can do right away that can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we have a resource page that recommends books that I found helpful, like that Divorce Poison book I mentioned and Byron mm-hmm. Katie's book. Um, and then we do teleseminars where I'll invite experts to come on and... Um, speak to different issues. We're having somebody come on who's an expert in ADD. We have another expert in uh, teenagers. Anytime I, I meet an expert that I think has resources and information that would be valuable to step families, I arrange to have them come on and we do it. You can call in and listen, much like how people can listen to your radio show, and they can also be engaged. They can send in their questions that will be answered directly. That's wonderful. All right, we're going to take a break. Okay. My guest is Emily Bouchard, author of the ebook Conquering Conflict: Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. Her blended-families.com site serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step families. And if you'd like to call in, there's still time after the break at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on voiceamericaradio.com. Visit our website at www.westcoastbusinessreview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at New Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. VoiceAmerica.com With us. 
listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. I have a great guest on today, and, you know, we're talking about something that's, that's so prevalent in today's society, and we need to talk about this more. It's about the challenges and the solutions of having a blended family, parents and step-parents. My guest is Emily Bouchard. She's the author of the ebook Conquering Conflict, Techniques and Strategies for Resolving Blended Family Conflict. And her website, blended-families.com, serves over 5,000 subscribers with resources that dramatically improve communication and relationships in blended and step families. You can still call us at 866-472-5787, or 5788, I should say. We're here on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Emily. Thank you, Patricia. How do you help children when they're going from one family to another to make the transition? Oh, thanks for asking that. It's so important, and anything I can do to help with that, I'm just grateful to be able to because... One of the things that parents need to be aware of is any time a child has to go from one home to another, even though those homes are both considered their home, it's a change and it's a challenge for them. And they need to figure out who am I in relationship to the people in these houses. Some things that can make a big difference are having a transitional object, and that would be anything, like for a young child, it could be like a little stuffy, uh, little stuffed animal that they always take with them that goes from one house to another. And one thing I recommend right from the start is that you have two or three stuffies that can play that role because, heaven forbid, one of them should disappear, get lost, or forgotten, you would be uh, hard-pressed to make that child feel okay about the transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can, be, they can look exactly the same. They can be different. They, it's great if the, if the animal has a name or you know, something. It can be a doll. It can be a blanket. But something where the child has that it goes with them from place to place. That'll make a big difference. The other thing is having a bag that um, is very easy for them to pack, that they're involved in packing so that they know what they're taking with them and where most of their belongings are at either house. So when they show up, they've got clothes, they've got their toothbrush, they have those things there. But where they get to pack some of their favorite things um, and then you have a, an easy checklist that they can have in there so that then when they come back, they can check the checklist with the other parent and say, oh, okay, I've got all my things. So they have a sense of, again, and it's also great life skills, how to manage my belongings, my things when I go from place to place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that helps them feel competent with it. So you're and, saying bring something that's almost like an anchor. Yes. So that it's, it's part of them and they know who they are. They're not forgetting that part. Right, and it, and it goes with them to each home. It, it doesn't ever stay at one of the houses. Mm. It stays with the child. Great idea. And then with their belongings, again, they build their competence and their confidence. And then what's a nice transitional thing to do is for whichever parent they're with to go with them into their room and unpack with them and say, okay, we're here. Let's see what you brought this time. Let's check off your list. And then they put it where those things belong in their room there. And then the parent's aware of what they brought. They're aware. And there's that sense of settling in and showing up and landing in their home. And then, again, you know, help parent helping them pack up, and then the same thing would happen at the other home. Now, you can't, of course, get the other parent to do that if they're not going to do it, but the child can still develop that routine for themselves mm-hmm. of getting settled in and just using those, that language with them. Did you get settled in? You know, when you call them when, that night, did you get settled in, honey, and, you know, take care of your stuff the way you needed to? Great. Oh, good. What did you find? Was there something new there in the room? Was it all the same as before? Mm-hmm. To help them be able mm-hmm. to just get acclimated to where they are. And what do you do when they come back and they bitterly complain about the other parent or the step-parent? What do you say? Oh, great question. It's has a lot more to do with how you connect with them about how they're feeling than Mm -hmm. about connecting with the content of what they're saying. If they come back and they're bitterly complaining about their, you know, uh, their other parent or the step-parent, it's about connecting in and saying, sounds like you feel really strongly about this. Mm -hmm. Sounds like that really drove you crazy, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, so you're home now. You're not with them. What do you want to do here? Mm You know? Do you need to do something to leave that behind? You know, you want to go take a shower and kind of wash mm-hmm. that off and come back mm-hmm. here? 
Don't engage with the content. All right, let me ask you this. Wanting to know it. Let me ask you this. Let's say now, two weeks later, the child's going back into that situation again. Mm-hmm. Can you say to that child, you know, I know you had trouble with this last time. Here's what I would do to handle that if it comes up again. Or do you not do that? You can. And, again, it's not about so much going into the content of it. Like if they're feeling really frustrated and hurt, and you, can say, you can just say to them, so now that you're not upset about it and you're, you know, you're back home, what are some strategies that you find work there when you're feeling really caught by them? or when you're feeling really upset? What are the things that help you and that work? Oh, you know, going to my room or, you know, calling you. Oh, good, great strategies. What doesn't work for you? You know, when I when I try to yell back or, okay. So you help them determine for themselves what are strategies that they can use. Definitely let them know, hey, you've got my cell phone number. You know, it's dialed into your cell. Whatever you've got is your communication with them. You can call me. And if you're in the moment of it and you're feeling really scared or hurt or upset, give me a call and let's see if we can work through some of that. That's very good. Yeah. All right, Emily, we're about at the close of our program. If people get one thing today about resolving blended family conflict, what is your message? I guess the biggest one is compassion, meeting each other with compassion about how much you all are going through, not making each other wrong, and then looking at how you can be grateful for what you have and move forward from that place. I love what you said about being a, a highly effective team. And mm. you got to work through that conflict to be very good and effective together. Mm. Yeah. If people want to learn more and want to be part of your network, what do they do? Well, they can go to the website. Thank you for mentioning it. The, it's the blended and then the little dash or the hyphen, families, plural, dot com. And they can sign up for our free newsletter. There's also going to be information about an upcoming retreat we're having based on the concept of family moons instead of honeymoons where families can go together and really start off their life together the right way. And you can, of course, do a family moon any time in your relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's with the whole family. And it's a combination of a retreat and a uh, resort. So it's really fun and it's a great time for the family. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. All right, stay on the line. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you. Thank you. Next week, my guest is Ann Sagendorf. She's a business marketing prosperity catalyst and a new thought business leader for 30 years. She's the founder of Beyond Business as Usual, and she will discuss how she helps her clients create roadmaps for new levels of success, profitability, and fulfillment. Folks, it's always an honor and pleasure to be with you each week. Remember, I always say this, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, be around people who love you and whom you love, keep your heart open, use your intuition, and know you can make your dreams come true and you can have a positive, happy life. Until next week, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great day. been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.